Before the show, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Beef, Beefmaster Educational Endowment Fund. Thank you for what you're doing for the breed and for supporting us. The Southeastern Beefmaster Breeders Association, or SEBA, uh, thank you for supporting us and uh, be on the lookout for the convention and sale every August. Um, Emmons Ranch Beefmasters, they need no introduction. They've been around for years. Thank you for always breeding great stuff and for supporting our show. CNM Ranches, Kershaw, South Carolina, the Chick family, great family, great cattle. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Lissy's Beefmasters, again, needs no introduction. Thank you for supporting us and uh, be on the lookout for their sales every year. Cottage Farms Beefmasters over in uh, Jackson, Tennessee. Thank you for supporting us and uh, for what you do for the breed. Thank you to all of our sponsors. We couldn't do it without you. Welcome into Beefmaster Banner. We're your hosts, Josh Morrison, Jared Strickland. How's it going, Jared? Man, it's going good. Knocking out some podcasts here. Well, we've got what three and three nights here. So I think uh I know you're still looking for rain, but I don't hopefully in a couple of weeks when this, you know, a few weeks you, you won't be when this is uh all said and done. Let's hope not. <laughs> well tonight, uh very special episode is we have actually titled it The Women of Beefmaster, and we have Alyssa Lissy and Debbie Cheatham. How are y'all doing? good how are y'all doing good thank y'all for coming on and being a part of this uh i know we all discussed this and and i think it's going to be a fun episode i think so me and debbie Um, only know how to have fun hey that's (laughs) it that's it i've heard stories (laughs) yeah just just recently yeah just a few (laughs) minutes ago (laughs) um Alyssa, i know when yourself and lauren had come on uh you had told about yourself miss debbie if you will uh just give the folks listening just a history of yourself and yourself in the cattle business and and that kind of thing all righty i um actually grew up in dallas suburbs uh attended tarleton state and married my husband bruce saint bruce jr in 1981 um we had two children aaron and ben and uh, they also grew up in Dallas suburbs, which made the challenge of getting to the farm on the weekends and working an every weekend affair. Um, I met Bruce Sr. and we have Highline Ranch in Grand Saline, which is East Texas. And uh, Bruce, interestingly enough, just turned 100 and bought his first Beefmaster Bull in 1953, which is the year my husband and I were born. So uh, wow. we've never known anything but Beefmasters. Um, Bruce Sr. and I have had a great time raising Beefmaster cattle, and we've used the Upgrade program and registered cattle. My daughter Erin showed, which is where we met Alyssa as a young young child, and uh, she actually won the JBBA convention in 2003. Uh, my son started out showing, but quickly turned a halter in for a baseball. <laughs> so we were off to the cow shows, and the boys were off to the baseball fields. Um, my family's always been very supportive and even the Cheatham family, the whole ranch is kind of a family, um, game. (laughs) And, um, we raise coastal hay now, um, and our cattle, uh, have about 42 mama cows. Um, the kids are grown now and in Houston, uh, Ben brought Cheryl in and she gave us little Bruce and Audrey, my grandchildren, 
and Aaron's also working uh, in the energy industry in Houston, and they get to the farm as much as possible and take care of the list I've got ready for them. Um, being a woman in, in the Beefmaster business, uh, they get here, they take their phones out, they make a copy of the list because nothing is allowed to be added to it. <laughs> and I think that's really, you know, like we can't just, well, let's just do this while we're here. Nope. We have to stay to the list. Um, I uh, owned a promotional product company in town for 20 years and ran that. I'm fully retired now, uh, managing the ranch for the family. And I'm a member of the Lone Star BBA, uh, the East Texas Louisiana Marketing Group. Um, I love serving on the committees. I didn't get to get on committees until the kids were grown. I highly suggest everybody get on committees as fast as you can, just even if you just go here. Um, I'm on the BBU Board of Directors right now, and I'm also a strong advocate for beef. Um, and that that pretty much brings us to today. <laughs> And now you're doing a podcast. What has not done? <laughs> yeah. Got a nice long resume there. You're not retired yeah. though. I just want you to know that. You I may say you're retired. I've so hard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're doing a podcast and it's much appreciated. But uh, I think having the, you know, I, I told, I told both of you, I want to be careful saying this, but I want the women's um, point of view. We get men's point of view all the time, but we want the women's point of view on here because yes. Believe it or not, I feel like there's probably differences in opinions, even with your spouse. You know, I've got a spouse, so I know. <laughs> and that's a good, that's okay. We'll figure you know, it out. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. But no, again, thank y'all for coming on. And maybe we'll just roll into the first question here and, and just ask you, what is the most exciting thing happening in the breed today for you, for both of you? I think for me, it's kind of, I, th I think the move to college station was so exciting in my opinion. Um, I think just from a applicant pool, like moving forward with any future hires that BBU wants to do, we have the potential to get in on some of the, um, some of those PhD doctorate students, things like that, all at A&M, heard of Beefmaster cattle. So we're also going to be um, potentially having an applicant pool of, of potential hires for whatever position those may be in the future um, that they've already been exposed to Beefmaster. They've, they've gone through um, different trial. And I'm not saying what we're only going to hire Aggie graduates, but that's likely going to be a large percentage of the applicant pool. And I think having um, I think moving there, having the office there, I think our current staff will likely be guest lectures at the university at times. I just think that the visibility of Beefmasters being that close to A&M and being able to kind of mesh with them as much as I think we're going to be able to, I think is a really cool thing setting Beefmasters up going forward. Um, especially because we've always kind of been like the best kept secret of the American breeds, right? Like we knew who we were, but the commercial cattlemen didn't, or the commercial cattlemen had like maybe a bad taste in their mouth from the 70s, 80s model kind of beef masters. You know, they, we've, we've really changed our herd and our breed as a whole. 
um, as far as the phenotype and the carcass availability and all that kind of stuff that our cattle can do from what they did then. And I think we have a lot of commercial guys starting to come around to that. And I think that working with AM, getting to partner on some of maybe some of their studies, maybe having some of those students come intern with us, whatever it may be, even if those guys never work for us, maybe they come and intern with us and they go out in the beef industry and do other things. They will have that experience of working with beef masters and our breeders. They'll know what our breed is. And that's only ever going to put a best foot forward for us. So I really think while it it is a struggle moving an office and moving people and, and getting used to that and getting the office settled in there, of course, that's going to be a struggle. But I think long-term, that's going to be such a cool thing for the breed. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I think, you know, Jared and I spoke, I think we spoke briefly on one of our previous episodes earlier in the year. You know, there was concern amongst some people that I had read, obviously on Facebook, you know, and things like that about the move, but Jared and I spoke about it. And I, I really think like you, it's an exciting thing because you can keep young people, keep them coming out of college and who knows, I mean, who knows they may have had a completely different breed and this may be what brings them into it. You just never know. And I, I just to kind of read it, what, what you're saying, you know, being in the, and the uh, university kind of deal with extension, you know, these guys going to these meetings and all this, I mean, you know, I've seen how it's affected the Angus breed here in Tennessee. I mean, that's, they, they preach it every Sunday. That's what you're going to hear. And if you're not, if you're not mentioned, they're not going to know who you are. So, I mean, that's, that's a good, good thing to get more publicity anytime it can. Yeah, absolutely. Miss Debbie, what, what would be the most exciting thing going on right now for you? I have, I have, um, one of my favorites, I'm, I'm a long-term member of Lone Star uh, Beef Master Breeders Association, which is satellite. And I'm excited about the new breeders coming in and, uh, old breeders staying in. And, uh, we have scan days and we're coming together to learn to use the tools and understand what the home office is doing and telling us. Um, I'm very excited about that. Our sales in our next sales in December and we're getting ready for that. Um, but kind of going along with what Alyssa was talking about is I, I mentioned I'm a strong advocate for beef, which of course is the beef master education and endowment fund. And y'all done a podcast with Clark Jones and Lorenzo Lassiter about it. So folks go back and listen to that, but I'm telling you um, from 2009, when this was formed, by a group of very astute men and a lot of money has been put into it and a lot of time and effort and work. Um, this fund has grown to 1.4 million. It has funded over $200,000, between 200 and $300,000 of research. It has given scholarships, it's done education. And the main pillar I feel right now is the research. Um, the data that they have been collecting all these years and these, these uh, research projects are coming to fruition. And we are blessed by having Dr. Lance Bauer on our board, on our BBU staff, and he is gathering this data. It's one of the things that gave us dollar FE. And there, this data now, there's enough of it and there's enough coming together that it's beginning to have real meaning. And by I mean meaning in the beef industry, 
Um, there's going to be a research project go out uh, here really quickly, uh, educating uh, packers and feeders and everybody that it's not the color of the hide. Go look at our go look at our feed efficiency. Go look at our stability. Go look at our uh, how we're grading. And uh, the beef masters are on a wave right now, and this fund is ready to help any the direction that the BBU wants to go. And um, there's a page every month in the Beefmaster Cowman, and we're going to be reaching out a lot more over the next few months, uh, talking to everybody. We'd like to see every single Beefmaster member be a member of Beef. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, you listed off some, a lot of good things. And not to kind of change it, but I was, uh, you know, you are talking about Lone Star there for a minute. This was mine and my dad's first time going this past year to Lone Star, and we really enjoyed it. And you already got a good thing going and looking forward to coming back. Good. A lot of a lot of good progressive folks running that deal down there. That's good. Well, you know they say you don't get uh, steel without heat. We've applied a lot of heat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. And you know, with beef, going back to what you were talking about there, you know, truthfully, I don't know that it's talked about enough. I know we do put it out there, but I I really don't know that it's talked about near enough and what beef is actually doing for the breed and for the cattle industry itself. We hope to be getting a, a lot of marketing information out and um, especially to the grassroots people um, where we're, we'll have it probably launched by a convention and then we will, we'll be getting phone calls. We want everybody to know what beef is and what it really is doing. And it's, it is dynamic. It's, it's fun. You can donate right on the website now. And, uh, but we will be making sure everybody, I know everybody says, what is beef and what are EPDs? You know, <laughs> that seems to be our two educational points on at every meeting. <laughs> and beef seems to sometimes be a little easier to explain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'll explain and understand, uh, but, uh, no, that's great. I, I love to hear what's exciting people and, and, uh, especially both of you. And I would agree that both of those points, um, while they may be different than what some people maybe would have imagined, you'd say they're very important points and, and they're very important for the future of this breed. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with that too. Um, you know, kind of moving on to the, to our next question for you coming from a woman's perspective, what are some of the challenges you face um, when producing cattle and running your own business? So I'll start out on that one. Um, I think it's real easy when we start talking about doing this podcast from a women's perspective that we all shy away. None of us want to talk about like the feminists. None of us want to go marching, burning undergarments and all that kind of thing. Right. Like <laughs> That is we're so far no. beyond that as an industry and as people, right? Absolutely. So I think it's really cool. I do want to talk about, before we kind of talk about the challenges, I kind of want to talk about where we've come from, right? Like just in the last two decades, I feel like the beef industry and really the agricultural industry as a whole, um, women have made so many strides. Like any glass ceiling that we maybe ever had has been shattered. We have had so many PhD type doctors that do research. We have had women vets that are just do amazing work, uh, like veterinarians. We've had 
so many different women. You look at Temple Grandin, you look at some of these women that um, are real high up running other breed associations and, and some of these big ranches that have women that are the managers and owners and sole owners of, of some of them, you know, I mean, we can look at our own breed and look at Miss Zipper from Florida being one of, you know, I, I think she was the first uh, woman BBU president and, and things like that. So I don't think me nor Debbie really are planning to come on here and say, you know, here's all of our struggles, but that's because we have had such a long line of women ahead of us that have done such a good job of, of kind of breaking through that mold, right. That we're not just the housewives that cook lunch and bring it to the anymore, you know, and I'm, and there's nothing wrong with that because that's sometimes my job. That's, you know, it just kind of depends on the day. Um, but I will say the, probably the biggest challenge I see, and it's not really a challenge. It's more something that I just kind of notice. Um, and I, again, I don't think this is specifically to the cattle industry or even beef masters. I, I kind of find it, um, I enjoy, I enjoy it when I go to open my mouth and say something and you'll, it, you'll never fail. You'll see some guy in the crowd or in the, they just kind of raise their eyebrows like, dang, she knows what she's talking about, you know? <laughs> so it's not really a challenge, but I think it's kind of funny. I do think probably the only challenge that I ever come across is, um, I don't think some men know how to balance their um, the manners they were born and raised, right? You don't let a woman open a door. You don't let her struggle. You go pick up things, you know? I mean, there's that chivalry that we ingrain into our sons and we should. And it's like these men, unfortunately for you guys, y'all are at this place where y'all have to balance. Like, am I being chivalrous or, or am I inadvertently telling her she can't do it? Because, you know, like sometimes there's women that see it one way and sometimes there's women that see it another. Um, and so honestly, I, I think that, I think as a, as a whole, the industry, because of the way we raise our sons, there's that balance that I think men are probably 10 years ago really struggled to find. And now, nowadays they're like, Hey, she's a woman. She can do everything we do. You know, sure. um, probably my biggest struggles on the ranch is I don't have the upper body strength. I'm not built like a man. I can't just throw a calf over on its side the way that Lauren can, <laughs> you know? So I, I think my biggest struggles is probably physical labor in and of itself. So, um, I think it's funny when Lauren kind of sits back and watches me do something and he's just kind of shaking his head, like, why did you do it that way? And I'm like, well, for me, physics, my physics don't work the way it's work, you know, like I have to kind of pull a different way than he does. So, um, I think biggest struggles on the ranch is probably like doing something a different way than he does, even though we get the same outcome, you know? Um, but I think women are really innovative that way. I may not be able to brute strength through something the way that he can, but I could still get the job done. It just might take me longer or I might have to do a, di do it a different way, you know? Um, and I think that the creativity that can come from that is kind of a blessing. So that's some very good points. Yeah, absolutely. And to your first point, you know, you and I talked about this before when, when I started kind of thinking of kicking this around or when Jerry and I started kicking it around, I said, I don't want to get. I want to tiptoe because I don't want people to think, yeah. you know, to think that I'm bringing y'all in here just because I think you're weaker or something like that. I, I just truly think that there are some women out there that are going to take a lot from this. Um, just hearing, you know, the confidence and, and the things you all have accomplished in the, in the people before. Well, we just have a different perspective than men on some things. And I think it's fun to get to talk about it that way sometimes. 
especially with women like Debbie. That's it. That's it. Well, <laughs> let's hear your opinion now. <laughs> yep. 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 I can hook up a bat wing mower in eight minutes. It had, it takes a, it took a floor jack, throwing the Mickey Mouse jack away and putting a toe strap under the, the, the bar so that I can let raise up the PTO and get it on. So um, <laughs> I don't know many women in cattle these days that don't come up with something innovative to get anything done that a man could do. <laughs> um, I believe in, uh, it's really, it's, it's kind of funny. I believe in um, my uh god my family and my farm but my husband would swear it's god grandkids kids cows farm father-in-law uh and then him (laughs) (laughs) i would say my biggest struggle is time um everything that we do like you get the meal on in the crock pot so that we can have lunch and we're already working and we're going And we're supposed to have everything done and neat and tidy and finished so that we can get on the road to Houston and go see the grandkids while the army worms are coming. The um, another uh, fence is broken. A tree is down. The uh, rain is coming. The (laughs) the calf is down. Um, Time, I would say, is all of our greatest um, assets and problems. So I would just say, be sure and take time for yourself. Um, I loved, I love a good bubble bath. <laughs> I love a good party. And um, I love, I love networking with people and seeing them. So I would say time and just getting everything juggled because we're all, when we get together, we're all going to talk about the same things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And that, and, and one of your points there um, as far as, you know, talking about time, um, which was your main, your main point there, you know, it kind of runs us into our next subject as far as raising families, um, and raising cattle and running the business all at the same time. And, you know, there are late, I feel sure there's women out there. It doesn't matter the breed that are probably looking for maybe guidance or just assurance that there's not a perfect way to do this Uh, y'all would y'all like to shed light on that (laughs) stay the course and be consistent as you can um love a lot kiss a lot buy band-aids um that's that's the main thing Uh, i think the greatest now that my children are raised and Alyssa's raising hers i think the greatest thing you can give a child and a family uh Working on the farm has been a huge blessing to us since the kids grew up in the city, and we are blessed to have this farm, um, but it's time. Um, these kids don't need all of the outside paraphernalia they get, um, but you give them time, and you take them fishing, and you ride on four-wheelers, and you go brush a cow. You know, it's 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 huge. It's really huge. It's built character in my children, and now I see them Ben and Cheryl and Aaron all putting it into the grandkids and they're the grandkids are five and three and they were putting four on on the other day you know so it's uh it's just love love every love your family yeah I think it's easy so I'm I'm in the thick of it with two toddlers you know and I think like what Debbie said is time is sometimes you kind of have to just sit back and be like okay it's not that bad 
things aren't this terrible. <laughs> you will get to sleep again. I know you probably felt like you yelled at them a lot today, but that really wasn't true. You know, um, I think that it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to balance. I'm in my work mode. I'm working cows. We go through a lot of cows really quickly when we're, when we're trying to process them or whatever we're doing. Um, and if the kids are there, it adds a whole nother level of stress to it. Cause you want to keep them safe, but you want to get them involved and, you know, like you want them to see what's going on, but then also how do you explain, um, you drive up to a place and you see coyotes eating a baby calf that was just born and the kids are with you. So they're getting to see it, you know? So it's having those hard conversations when they're young, but I know that they're going to be better for it when they're older. And, and there's just so many different, um, things to think about and juggle, but we're mom do we would if we were in different industries we'd still be the same way we'd still be juggling our our house with our kids with our jobs with you're with your marriage with you know with your faith I mean you're juggling it all at the same time um and something's gonna fall every now and again and that's just life pick it up start juggling again and take off you know um, it's hard, but that's what we do. I remember whenever me and Lauren were probably, I think we were still dating or we were just married, didn't have kids yet. I was with the guys. So Lawrence, George and Lauren, and we were working cows all day. Um, and we walk in the house, it was probably four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And they turn and look at me and like, what's for dinner? Uh, I don't know. I was with y'all all day. I guess we're going to go get hamburgers from the, uh, from the gas station down the road because I didn't have anything ready for dinner, you know? And so like, that's just, that's just our, our role in it all is, is we're the, we're, we're the ones that feed everybody. We're the ones that love on people when they get hurt. We're the ones that, I mean, and that's true of the cows too. When there's a hurt cow, I'm usually the one down there daily doctoring it once we find it or, you know, I mean, it's just we're the, we're the caregiver, whatever that may or may not mean for your operation. And I think that would be true regardless of the industry, I think. But like Debbie said, we're blessed that it gets to be in this industry and that we get to raise our kids in this industry. Absolutely. And, and you know, we have a two-year-old as well. And it's really fun to see she loves the babies, loves to go to see the calves. And, yeah. uh, you know, she loves to be around them, loves to be out there while we're doctoring. Same thing as with y'all. I just think sometimes us as men, and I'll pick on us a little while, um, you know, we get to go, you know, we'll run the cows through, we'll doctor them, we'll do this, we'll do that. And sure, ours may be running around out there, but I guarantee my wife is the one watching her because I'm over here doing something else. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> so I will say, and I will give uh, to my wife here, I'll, I tell her all the time, I tell her she's superwoman. I don't know how she does it, but I, I'm proud of her. And same way with all of you that, that do it that way. And, and, uh, it's not easy. I see, you know, I, sometimes I say, I, I couldn't, I'm glad I'm not a woman. Cause I don't know just how good a mom I would be. <laughs> yeah. I can, ima I can't, I can't imagine, you know, kind of adding on to the, having the kids around for when you're doing farm activities, that's kind of mine's going it went into kindergarten this year and he likes to tell all of his buddies and his teachers what he sees on the farm too so they they learn a lot and i get lots of questions <laughs> about what we're doing my nieces one of my nieces went to school and told um i let preface that she helped my mother pull some kids from a nanny that was giving birth the day before the next day she goes to school and tells her entire class where baby goats came from. <laughs> thankfully, that, thankfully the teacher had an ag background and she knew how to just roll with it. And work. But uh, yeah, she told, she told everybody in detail where, where baby goats came from. Yeah. So. 
being in this business with with kids, it's really funny to hear the stories too. <laughs> oh yeah, their imagination runs with them, especially at this age. <laughs> well, I guess to kind of wrap it up, we got a few just a few minutes left. Uh, could we? Uh, we like to ask this a lot. So, is there any advice specifically? I guess y'all might give to young women or women getting into the cattle industry. I think it's very easy to be intimidated in a field that traditionally for generations has been a male dominated field. So I think it's very easy to want to be intimidated. Just that's our nature of it. Um, or to think that you have to prove yourself when I don't think that's necessarily the case, because like I said before, there has been, especially the last probably 20, 25 years, probably longer than that. We have had so many great women that have come before us and kind of paved the way for us that women in agriculture, regardless of the field or sector of agriculture that you're in, um, it's not a new thing. We have so many women ag teachers and veterinarians and extension agents and professors and the whole gamut, um, AI techs, ultrasound techs, embryo, embryologists, you know, um, women are in every field of the beef industry that I have ever worked with. Some of the women that are experts in some of these fields that are good friends of mine, you know? Um, so I think my piece of advice would be that while it's easy to second guess yourself because you're a woman coming into a room where there may only be one other woman in the room with you, you don't have to necessarily prove yourself and you don't have to be intimidated either. You know, I don't think, I think we're long past the point where men are going to hold it against you that you're a woman. I don't think that that happens very, very often anymore. Um, and I think it's, it's very easy to be intimidated. And I would just say that we have had so many wonderful women come before us that there's no reason for it. Just hold true to your values, hold true to the breeding program that you want or, um, or whatever it may be within the beef master breed, but just know that you being a woman is not going to be what holds you back in my opinion, especially in this breed. I have to agree. And if y'all are feeling intimidated, just find me and come sit down by me because I'm not intimidated at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, that boat sailed long ago for me. Um, but I, for, for the ladies, um, you are a breeder. You are a cattle woman. Um, my, write down your plan. Where, where do you and your husband, where do you, if you're single, where do you want your cattle to be? Where are you marketing? I'll kind of put my Lone Star hat on now. Get out and get involved. Know what kind of Beefmaster cattle you like. Go talk to people. Um, there are so many people. There's so many people have helped me and taught me. And, you know, you go buy a bull because he affects all your calves. Your cow affects one. And just, just little things like little tidbits like that. I go, oh, well, yeah, I never thought of that. Um, but getting out and getting involved and going to the production sales and meeting these the other ladies and knowing that um, there is, they're, they're as, as involved in the breeding programs as their husbands. Um, that says a lot for our breed and our industry. And I think we're very well received by our men. I, I just, I applaud them and they bring us right along with them. And um, I just, I just think it's, it's a great time for ladies to be breeding cattle and selling cattle. I'd agree with you. And, and Miss Debbie, that, you know, you're talking about getting out. 
you and I met for the first time at the committee meetings in uh, this year. And <laughs> just to see, you know, everyone, you two are very highly respected in this breed. You could tell even if you didn't know who each of you were. And I think it says a lot about uh, the ladies you are and the people you are. And we appreciate what y'all are doing for this breed. Yeah, most mm -hmm. definitely. Thank you. Well, we appreciate I, 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 I'm so enjoying this podcast and we need to get more, more people listening. It's great. Absolutely. And we're trying our best. Hopefully this will bring some, I don't know how many women we have listening, but hopefully this will bring some, some to the table here. So we really appreciate y'all coming on. Yes. And, um, as long as everybody stays enjoying it, we'll keep doing it. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for asking us on tonight. I think, I think it was a really cool chance to give a different perspective. So I appreciate you guys giving us that opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, really, I really enjoyed it and hopefully we'll get you back on here sometime soon too. Tell some more stories. There you go. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> Thank y'all. Y'all have on. a good. <laughs> Well, we hope y'all have a good evening and uh, we'll see everybody on the next episode. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. See you. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to the Beefmaster Banner podcast. Uh, please know that we are on Apple podcast, Spotify, and we are on YouTube. Just search Beefmaster Banner. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. We love hearing from you. Um, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.